At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella on the Cure the World Messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. Today's guest is extraordinary. She's joined us from LA. She's originally from Florence, but she has been on the global stages around the world. She's full of class, grace, and grit, and most than anything, phenomenal leader and example of female leader. She has tremendous legacy that she was able to establish, but also build upon further. She's full of light and passion. And I cannot wait to introduce you to award-winning producer, president and chairman of Quinn Studio Entertainment, Valentina Castellini. Welcome, Valentina. How are you? Very, very good, Isabella. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be with you and your audience today. Thank you so much. I know you are busy. You've been just in Emirates. I mean, you're working on multiple different projects and having this chance to chat with you while you are in LA and Malibu and enjoying gorgeous weather and working. It's just absolute pleasure to have you with us. So Valentina, you just came from Emirates. If you don't mind sharing for anybody that is eager to go, wanted to know, you've been doing something tremendous there. Um, and you're working on very interesting projects. But before we jump into that, did you mind sharing a little bit about your background? I mean, you come from one of my favorite cities in Italy. As a fellow European and neighbor Croatian, Florence has so many dear moments in my heart. So please, do you mind sharing a little bit about where you grew up and what history you have in your own family that you started with? Yes. I come from Florence, Tuscany, from uh, a very ancient family uh, that grew up all in Florence, Tuscany. And uh, my grandfather and great-grandfather owned uh, uh, the biggest opera theater in Tuscany, which is Teatro Verdi, just about like La Scala in Milano, and uh, and many other theaters and cinemas. He was... uh, Riccardo Castellani it was his name of my grandfather, and he was also the president of Anikagis, the international distributions for film, and he was also a producer. So, of course, uh, my, my, my coming in the world was already embedded into the entertainment industry. I grew up uh, watching opera and theater and classical concerts, uh, and ballet, so much more, and films, because that's where my mother would drop us kids while she had to do her errands in one of the cinemas of my family to watch a film while she was doing something, you know. So we grew up with so much cultures of films and, and entertainment, and the house of my grandparents in Florence was always uh, uh, full of these actors, directors, you know, that for us were family friends. So. Um, I, I obviously kind of uh, bre- breathed in all, all of this uh, 
and uh, and it came back later on in my life. Um, I graduated, I finished my studies in France and I graduated with a master degree in design and fine arts. And for a while I've been designing actually at the highest levels. And it's been later on with uh, uh, being with Francesco Quinn and, uh, and the story that uh, brought us together um, that I became a producer and uh, put at work all the experience that I gathered throughout my childhood and the years that I uh, worked around uh, Francesco and in the city, Los Angeles, which is all about entertainment, of course. Wow, what amazing childhood and, and youth and early uh, years of your life. So it's so enlightening to see someone who is being introduced to theater and cinema so early on. What do you remember as, as a little girl? What was the most fascinating thing about it? What did you, what movie did you like? What, what made the most impression for you to continue to carry on and, and shape who you are today? Uh, well, I mean, I, I remember my grandfather and his desk, and I remember his uh, incredible class and, and uh, the, the passion he had in his work. That it's been always uh, something that uh, framed my career, you know, remembering how my grandfather was uh, operating into this business, definitely. And uh, I remember watching It's a Beautiful Life <laughs> at the movie theater, <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I, I would love to go to Hollywood, you know, and for a kid in Florence, it looks like a very far away place, you know, but at the same time, you, you see these, these films all the time in my family. I mean, it was part of this story of my family it was in the cinemas, they were distributed by my family. So um, it was a, a close and far relationship that I had with these films, you know. That is amazing. And now, not only you have that legacy, then you have your own standalone amazing legacy that you're able to build, but you, where you mentioned you also based on a relationship with Francesco and work that you'd started together, uh, you inherited another very big legacy and, and you were a torch holder with obviously being chairman of the enterprise. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that story with yeah. our audience? Yes, um, as, as uh, you and my audience know, uh, Francesco Quinn died 10 years ago of a, a sudden heart attack while playing with our kids. And that was obviously a very tragic moment of my life that uh, really marked a shift, a, a chapter in, in my life and a very big change, you know, because uh, after that, definitely, there was to recover, to find strength, to find courage, to find uh, hope and love for life again. And so for me, the way has been always uh, through creativity. Uh, when I encounter a challenge in life, uh, my salvation, my healing moment uh, has been always through creativity. So uh, when, when this thing just happened, just a few months later, one of my best friends told me, what do you want to do now? And I thought, uh, I would like to do a TV series on cycling. 
because uh, uh, cycling was one of the favorite sports of uh, Francesco, you know, who was uh, a, a sportman for sure. He, any sports uh, from uh, horseback riding to polo to soccer to cycling to motocross, Formula One, he would do it and he would do it as a champion you know, until the last <laughs> second. So he did that also with, uh, with cycling and he was uh, training with Mark Cavendish, the world champion, you know, kids that were at the time in their twenties and Francesco was 47 already. So he paid a, a very harsh price uh, for that. And um, he died of a heart attack uh, suddenly. Um, and uh, uh, so for me to do a TV series on cycling would uh, give back the real spirit uh, and love for life that Francesco had rather than concentrating on the tragedy. And so I embarked into this big adventure of uh, creating from scratch a TV series from the format, creating this whole uh, a reality uh, TV series, sport TV series. And uh, I went to Italy and uh, bold as I was in those moments where you, you are numb because uh, nothing else can touch you after such a big tragedy, you know? I went to Giro d'Italia and to Rai, which is the national TV and that holds the right for this big race, which is the, the, the Giro d'Italia, which is like the, the Tour de France, but actually more difficult, more challenging. Um, and I asked for the rights and I think they saw me so, so genuine <laughs> and they understood what it meant for me. And of course they did know Francesco that I actually, got the rights to shoot this race and uh, we got the funding and uh, here we were in Italy shooting this race you know from uh, the before the race you know where the athletes get selected through other races and then uh, uh, following these athletes we selected about five of them and follow them through the race stage by stage which was extremely challenging it's probably the most challenging production work I ever done uh, we had about 25 cameras on set. We were traveling at night to, to go to the next stage because each uh, day the, the cyclists uh, travel to another city. So we had already to be set up at the start, in the middle and arrival, you know, in order to actually capture the spirit of this race. And then we would film uh, their families their moment in the backstage, what it really meant to be an athlete at that level. And it was very, very challenging again, logistically and technically, we had five tracks of equipment and stuff. So it was a full immersion learning course in, yeah. uh, in, uh, in production. And uh, uh, it really paid off and uh, the series was very, very good and, and, and such a learning curve in my life. And so I, I didn't quite choose to be a producer necessarily, but I became one. And, and I think that most of beautiful things in life come to us actually before we can even choose them, you know. 
Wow, I love what you just said. Uh, a great share of passion, love, and commitment to honor someone you so deeply love uh, and fortunately tragically lost too soon, but is also beautiful, as you said, unexpected paths open and they, they show you the way. And, 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 and sometimes you don't even know what that next chapter is. Yes. And look at you now, you're award-winning producer. You're doing some amazing things, which we cannot wait to jump into next. Yes. But I just want to say uh, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure the process helped you with healing. And if you don't mind, so many people in recent years lost so many loved ones. And any, any advice uh, specifically with women and children that are left behind, um, what would you say for them to cope and, and overcome and, 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 and find the peace and heal? Well, I always say, you know, uh, to me, the power of creativity is much greater than the power of pain. And it's something that you, one must really reflect upon because the power of creativity is the power of manifestation, is the power of joy and love within us. And the truth is that is much, much bigger Creativity in all its form is always available to us. And one, once one is involved in something creative, our mind, our soul, our body, our heart is completely involved in it. And therefore it's very healing because there is no time, no energy to dwell into pain and feel down and feel like uh, completely invested into a destructive energy. So I always want to remind this, you know, and because I can say that, you know, sometimes we don't want to believe these words if uh, our mom say <laughs> a friend because we're like, well, what do you know? Well, I do know, I can't say that, <laughs> you know, I really do know and I insist in saying it, the power of creativity is much bigger than the power of pain. So uh, I would suggest to anybody to really get involved with your creativity, whether it's, uh, you know, go ride the horse or paint, uh, start painting, start writing, do something, learn a new language, learn a new topic, uh, uh, enroll yourself into, into a course, uh, into university, find a creative way to involve yourself. Mm. Because create, creativity is in creation, is a very moving energy you know rather than a stale energy that is pain you know so that and it's a great example to our kids i am so glad that uh, whether i chose it or not uh, i involved myself into this tv series because uh, i brought uh, my daughter you know uh, uh, with me into this trip with this uh, uh, cycling shooting this cycling race and you know at the end of the race I could see that even her was healed uh, was uh, finding what was Francesco was about but also finding a new power in herself to be part of a bigger project a bigger experience you know so that kind of feeling is much bigger than thinking about uh, the 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 person that just died because the person lives through this creative energy so it's so much powerful more powerful more beautiful more creative and more becoming you know it gives us access to so much more 
So that I think is the best uh, suggestion that I can give. And life continues. I mean, uh, right now, I would have never expected that this uh, very difficult moment of my life would bring me to such uh, beautiful achievements, you know, uh, it's the last, it was the last of my thoughts. I was surviving in the moment, but uh, I think that when our spirit yeah. is reacting and, uh, and uh, taking the courage to put itself in motion again, the universe always help us. So mm -hmm. people come to our life, friends come to our life, possibilities, uh, uh, you know, opportunities come and uh, suddenly you are lifted in something that is bigger, is more creative and, uh, and, uh, and you have to trust it. Trust, it's a big word, but it's a winning word in here, yes. Wow, that is so powerful. So much wisdom and so much um, opportunity for everyone watching and listening to tap into that power, that inner power and turn their creativity from that pain. I just love how you explained it. And I can agree more because so many people get stuck in that and then they stay and get stale in stagnant energy and prolong the healing and it's just so beautiful to see the strength the grit the grace the wisdom that comes out of that uh, beautiful story so do you mind sharing with us a little bit valentina about what are you currently doing as a producer that stem from that uh obviously tragedy and turned into um, something amazing we have been dealing with a lot of different projects. So do you want to share a little bit some of the past projects you feel so much also passionate about? And also one project in particular that is still in production, but we cannot wait to see that has so much uh, beautiful story behind, which is Polo. Yes. Please, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, 10 years have been passing since I started to... Uh, to be a producer and open Queen Studios. And in these 10 years, many projects have been produced, made, done, etc., and uh, uh, including a beautiful documentary about peace in the Middle East that got uh, the US Congress Award and the Human Rights Award and many others and uh, allowed myself uh, to uh, walk a journey into uh, politics, diplomacy, spirituality and so much more and got me to film with uh, Pope Francis, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, uh, the President of Israel, the President of Palestine and so many diplomatic figures and speak at United Nations, UNESCO, at US Congress. So it was an amazing journey, an amazing journey, definitely. And then other films, uh, you know, that uh, we co-produced, uh, uh, among those, the Butterfly's Dream that was candidated for uh, um, an Academy Award and a Golden Globe. And I think it won uh, overall 15 international awards and is on Netflix and, and so many more. Right now, I am in pre-production with uh, a beautiful, inspirational, true story. And the film is called Polo and is produced by Queen Studios Entertainment, Meredes de Bourbon Group, and uh, the uh, Royal uh, Private Office in, uh, in the Emirates, Sheikh uh, Ahmed bin Faisal al-Kasimi's private office. 
um, and that uh, opens a new door uh, of, uh, of uh, opportunities uh, and uh, creativity that I opened again in a time of challenge where the whole world was stopped. And in lockdown, I went the other way as I always do and felt uh, I needed to get more creative. And I accepted about a year ago an invitation to a Congress um, in, uh, in Dubai, where I uh, was uh, supposed to speak. And I requested to create a, a women panel, a women empowerment speaking panel, where I was speaking with three of the Shekas, the wife of the Sheikhs. And I wanted to highlight the the, the beauty, the difference, the cultural difference, the background and highlight a piece of world that we really don't know. We have an idea about these women that are segregated, uh, ignorant <laughs> or completely cut out of the world and it's so not true. These women are beyond the highly educated internationally. They speak four or five languages. They are extremely socially and politically involved, they are extremely active and uh, and uh, walking the walk of a leader. And uh, it was a great pleasure to share with them, to open them to the world. The, con the Congress was uh, international, so it gave uh, uh, the speaking panel gave access to the world to really see this woman in a different kind of. Uh, optic uh, vision, you know, uh, and uh, it was a very bold speaking panel, you know, where we really spoke uh, about everything from our private lives to work, visions, initiatives, you know, and after that, um, I was called by the Royal Private Office, and I had no idea what to expect, and uh, I went to the office. <laughs> And they asked me, what do you want to do next? <laughs> Again, just like the time of the cycling <laughs> project, you know, what do you want to do? These are moments that can make you or break you. So yeah. I encourage everybody to be courageous in those moments because they arrive for everybody. Yeah. But in that moment, you have to catch it. Understand the importance that these are moments that are opening new gates and you can't be afraid. So they asked me, what do you want to do next? What do you have in, in, in mind? And I said, look, I found a small article in an old scrap of paper about this story uh, of this group of kids from the suburbia of an American city uh, that finds redemption and inspiration through the sports of polo. And I love this story because we're talking about the underdog. We're talking about unprivileged kids of all ethnicities, uh, just like any suburbia. They are filled with immigrants from all, all parts of the world or countries with different traditional languages. And they're usually very hostile with one another because of uh, barriers of uh, uh, incomprehension, language, traditions, uh, uh, way of being that are so different that, uh, you know, create hostility and a barrier with one another. And instead these kids uh, gets guided uh, through play together a sport that they have no idea what it is, you know, uh, 
polo is considered by history the sport of kings because it's very uh, elitary, is very luxurious. And uh, in my story, it's actually the attitude and the courage of life of these kids that make them kings. And I loved this uh, paradigm of the story. And so I said, uh, you know, uh, polo is basically the national sport in the Emirates uh, because of the horses. They have some of the most beautiful horses and they have the space. So uh, I introduced this story and I said, I would like to do the film with you. Um, and so we did start a partnership. I signed a partnership with the Royal Family in the Emirates to produce uh, films together and documentaries and TV series, creating a bridge with Hollywood and the Emirates, which is a country that by now is uh, quite ready uh, to, um, to start their own film industry and with the format and a quality level of Hollywood. And the first film will be Polo, which is a much bigger international co-production. And since then, uh, we, uh, we had the pleasure to meet many of the government organizations and everybody jumped on board with this amazing story. So I feel extremely happy because uh, uh, it's a beautiful inspirational story, shoots uh, in America and it shoots uh, uh, in the UAE, but it's creating really a bridge between these two countries to envision uh, producing together uh, and uh, uniting the Hollywood quality of movie making to the technical uh, progressive professionalism of the Emirates. Valentina, that is very, very powerful what you just shared in terms of collaboration and bringing worlds together. And I love how you using your female leadership to shed the light in areas that we have a lot of misperceptions and stigmas, as you pointed out. Yes. And, and, and what is the life in Emirates about and, and what the, the royal family and everybody stand for. And then at the same time, how we expand that and bridge the gaps, as you pointed out, with multi-ethnical cultural uh, differences and find a way to see how can we thrive and, and, and exist together and in such a much deeper, meaningful way. But one thing I also love about your work, both of us are huge humanitarians. And obviously things you were mentioning earlier also with award-winning productions that you had and playing in diplomacy and playing with others um, to really shed the light. You're also stepping up and doing something extraordinary right now. You are also supporting Ukraine and you have a uh, specific charity that you are uh, supporting, which you will tell us in a second. But I just want to ask you, how did you start feeling this desire and need to help philanthropically and, and, and obviously make such a great impact? I think it comes to all of us, you know, we just need to open the eyes, you know, and see where we are at in the world. And I think uh, causes, uh, um, journeys come to us and uh, we all find our niche into it. So I started to collaborate uh, with uh, Joblio, 
uh, I became global spokesperson of this company. It's not a charity, but uh, it's so much more. I would say it's a company. It's a based uh, and founded in New York and Miami, and then expanded his offices in Moldova and Poland, but is now active in 50 countries and is a company that is uh, finally resolving the problem of uh, immigration and uh, labor work, which uh, is one of the biggest problems we have globally and is uh, the source of all human trafficking, child abuse, uh, drug trafficking. As we know, you know, I, I saw it with my eyes in Italy with the immigrants coming from Africa, you know, and then uh, paying big amount of money for them, you know, between the 10 to the 20,000, you know, to immigrate in a boat, half of them died on the trip, as we know, unfortunately, and tragically, and then they land only to land either in Italy or Greece, and then uh, being promised the work, safety, everything ethical, and none of it is uh, available. It is uh, a fortune if they can stay in some camp, uh, you know, for refugees, but otherwise they are scattered with no identities and most of them do finish, end up in uh, the hands of uh, international crime and human trafficking, etc. So Joblio created a system through a platform, a digital platform, where everybody can uh, um, just click and apply for free through a phone. And let's remember that even in the third world country, even kids, uh, have access to a phone yes and uh, they can uh, click to each country and see the work available they will be tested for that work and uh, the work is uh, safe through contracts with countries governments and uh, local companies uh, the immigration is safe and and uh, uh, observe through interpol uh, the subjects that are immigrate, again, they are screened and scanned through Interpol, so uh, is guaranteeing the maximum safety from the point of view of the country who hosts these people through the instead individuals that do immigrate and find a new, more ethical standard of immigration and a system that welcomes them with humanity. So I feel very happy to be a voice for this company and right now they're much involved into the Ukrainian crisis uh, creating uh, shelters for women and kids especially that are stranded in Ukraine and uh, moving them to Poland and to Moldova and sheltering them and in the meantime creating visas for them to immigrate safely and getting them safe jobs that they can do from nursing to, you know, caring to anything, you know, that uh, they are capable of doing and finding also homes for them. So it's, uh, it's quite a, a, a great uh, operation and organization. And I feel very happy to be part of it. Uh, I am known to face a lot of uh, social impact uh, issues in my films. And this is a way for me to give back in the real world. And it's very inspiring, actually. We're thinking also to shoot a documentary with Joblio about uh, the immigration and, uh, and the journey of uh, an immigrant through uh, finding safety elsewhere. So 
um, I like that, that part of my journey as well. You know, I like to navigate in different worlds. I think that uh, we compensate and grow more when we, uh, we, we navigate on a bigger, uh, on a bigger ocean, you know? So mm -hmm. I like to do feature films, but I also like to do documentary and facing real issues. Does this uh, expand our point of view, our lens through the world, uh, our ideas? inspiration, etc. That is so powerful. And first of all, I just want to kudo you for you and your explain so much passion and care for humanity globally, which is so rare and it's so beautiful because it's so genuine and real. And we need more of those voices because we're seeing plethora of complexities more than ever. As a result, the more we unite, more we share what is available and how we can play together and how we can make a positive impact, I think is such a significant. And I love, again, how you use your voice and platform as well as obviously enterprise that uh, you are in charge of as a president and chairman and um, just not looking for any stories, but very, very profound stories. Yes. And with that in mind, do you mind sharing a little bit about vision of Quinn Studio Entertainment and, uh, and, and, and its legacy? I know that all of this came in recent years and, and it's evolving, right? And then as, as a person in charge that shares and holds that vision, do you mind sharing a little bit about amazing work you're doing there? You know, um, it came, uh, the idea of creating Queen Studios uh, obviously came from the death of Francesco Quinn and to keep his legacy, to keep his memory alive. He died so young and he was a, a, an award-winning actor and he was starting to direct and produce as well. And uh, it, I felt that uh, we needed to keep uh, his memory alive. This is something that uh, he would have loved to do and uh, didn't have the time to do. So I felt... Uh, it was great for me to open up this chapter, you know, and uh, uh, it came obviously a few months after he died, I felt uh, that I wanted to do it. And uh, it came from a moment of desperation and, uh, and uh, feeling to trust instead mm. of just giving up to really trust and, uh, and, uh, and believe that something could be done. I always tell the story that uh, um, in the months after he died, his reading glasses were still sitting at the bedside table. And every night I would go to sleep and, and hold these glasses like a handle uh, mm -hmm. that would prevent me from falling because it really felt like falling my life at the time. And night after night, I would take these glasses and hold them tight. And, uh, and then one night I took the glasses and I opened my hand and I put them down. I decided, I decided to fall and not be afraid anymore. And it's from that simple symbolic gesture that all abundance came into my life. A month later, I created Queen Studios Entertainment and in a year we had our first film uh, candidate for an Academy Award and a Golden Globe. So you see, wow. I say always, uh, uh, not everybody can relate to an award, an Oscar, but we can all relate to such a simple gesture that can shift our point of view, can bend our destiny. 
and, yeah. and we all have these moments in life, you know. So uh, those moments are giving voice to a much bigger inner voice that we have. And it's so important to trust this moment, to believe in them and create from them. And so this is what I did. And uh, Queen Studios Entertainment was created uh, to continue my legacy, first of all, my family legacy and the one of Francesco in the, in the arts, uh, uh, the pursuit of world peace, uh, and film and entertainment and so much more. And since then we've done so many projects, all very, uh, very uh, specifically chosen to continue this path. I'm not known for commercial films, nor for thriller or horror films at all, <laughs> but I am known <laughs> for uh, inspirational stories uh, feature films and documentary, and uh, and I love to continue that path. Wow, that is such an amazing legacy and vision, and what you put and and in those moments, as you said, when you were felt like you're gonna fall down, you could look at how you raise up and what you build, uh, and and how amazing legacy you already live and and leading with. Uh, so do you mind sharing what, what is coming? What is in bucket list? What is next, Valentina? But I all have, of them yes. did. Yes, we are also in the middle, in the process of filming a beautiful documentary about the Native Americans and the alternative energies to oil. Uh, the Native Americans are a, a group of uh, people that uh, I particularly feel very endeared and I feel them very close to my heart. And this documentary came uh, when we were finishing um, the documentary about peace in the Middle East, uh, which is One Rock, Three Religions is on Amazon. And uh, we did interview Ambassador Woolsey and we were talking about oil. Uh, a lot. And while we were talking and interviewing this amazing businessman and diplomatic figure, uh, we felt like this is a film on his own. <laughs> but uh, I didn't want to do a political documentary. I like for the documentary, just like One Rock for Religions, to feel an emotion. Uh, I have to feel a point of connection through emotions so that they, they are more human. They, they feel more approachable and comprehensible for people that watch them that are not necessarily politically involved. And uh, this was the time two years ago that uh, the saga of Standing Rock and the Native Americans with a pipeline that were passing through their reservation and uh, their sacred water uh, was on the news. And uh, again in there, I decided, I put together the crew together with the, the, the director of One Rock Three Religions, Isaac Hertz, and uh, we went uh, uh, gorilla shooting, as we say technically, you know, mm -hmm. where we don't have necessarily permits or great organization, but just the minimal equipment and the four to five people to shoot. And so we did, you know, uh, and we took a flight to Standing Rock, which is near two hours from Fargo. Uh, yeah. And it was minus 30 degrees. Wow. 
And in minus 30 degrees, not even a cell phone or a camera works after three minutes, they, they froze. So every three minutes we were obliged to go back to the car and heat up these uh, machineries so that we could go back and reshoot and we would wrap them with, the, with scarves and things and try to keep them warm so they could film and be operative. And, uh, and we filmed uh, into uh, Standing Rock and this uh, amazing camp of, uh, of uh, Native Americans, a teepee camp that you would think doesn't exist anymore. I mean, this is the reality that I actually rediscovered, you know, I've been living in the States for 25 years, so I'm a little bit more aware about the Native Americans than others, but believe me, in Europe, and you are European as well, as well as many parts of the world and America, many people don't think that even the Native American exists anymore in the form and traditions that they were before. And mm. that's such a crime because actually they are quite alive and quite a symbol and the roots and the foundation of American societies in many ways, in many ways, much more than we think. America didn't start with the constitution. It started much more before and, and sprouts from the mixing of the constitution with the Native Americans, not just from our, our import from, from Europe. I think it's very important to remember that. So uh, I, I interviewed and filmed uh, throughout this camp with amazing uh, people, women and men, and uh, witness all their their uh, rituals, you know, their sacred rituals. But the most important thing was the chief. Uh, I gained the trust of uh, their main chief, sort of the pope of all the tribes, all the star nations, as they call it. Yes. Uh, and uh, and that's uh, Chief Arvon Looking Horse. Uh, when I arrived to the camp in Standing Rock, I wanted to find him and uh, the camp was dismantling because of a storm coming up, plus the minus 30 degrees. So all the yeah. elders were dying during the night because of the cold, no matter the fire, they usually have a fire in the middle of the teepee, but in the night, the temperature were going so down and the elders were dying. And so the chief of vault was uh, dislocated and, and uh, brought to safe areas. And I was trying to find him, but keep in mind, there were like 2000 TP and no internet. So uh, we, we couldn't communicate, where is this, uh, this guy right now? How do we find him? You know, and I made friendship with a, a sort of a, a kid that was managing the camp, was bringing food and water to the different teepees. And I'm like, do you know where is Chief Orvold? Well, I know he's here, but they're bringing me away. I, I don't know which camp. I'm like, please help me. And, uh, and I stayed there. In the meantime, we were shooting other film footage, et cetera. And the third day, the kid come back to me and is like, uh, you know, I found the cell phone number of the wife of the chief. Uh, but good luck to you because it's not working, obviously. So, and that was <laughs> it. And so I started to leave all the messages to this phone that was not working, obviously. And after four days, uh, we were just about ready to pack and go back to Los Angeles. We're back at the hotel, two hours away from the camp and the phone rings. 
and is the wife of the chief. And wow. she's like, what? All your messages, Valentina, this is such a, so kind and everything. We would love to do it. But unfortunately, we are already six hours away from the camp. We were uh, sent away because of the temperatures and the storm. So we cannot do it anymore. The chief, we are on our way to Canada to perform a spiritual ritual that the chief needs to do. So I feel bummed out, you know, I'm like, no, I mean, I know that the universe always finds a way, you know? Yes. And I said, well, let's stay one extra day. Let's just stay an extra day and film. And sure enough, at the end of the extra day, uh, I go back to the hotel with my little crew. Everybody had frostbites because it was very difficult to shoot. Um, and the phone rings and he's uh, the wife of the chief again and tells me, Valentina, you know, for the first time in our life, we lost the plane to Canada. And the chief wow. interpreted this as a sign that he has to meet you. So it's wow. like, we are going to wait in here. We're six hours away. Uh, you guys have to drive and please mind that all the streets uh, and roads are frozen. So drive safely. We will be waiting for you out here. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is night. I'm like, okay, in two hours, guys, everybody in the car, I will drive. Because the guys were exhausted. We're like, no, Valentina, we're not going to do it. We're not going to drive in the night. Uh, please, you know. I'm like, okay, I will drive. You know, you have to take responsibility when you are leading. You have to be led by your cause and be the leader. So uh, the, the kids, as I call them, uh, were sleeping in the car, you know, so they could gain a little bit more energy and strength. And, and I drove the six hours and uh, went to meet the chief and then we filmed with this amazing figure that is uh, iconic iconic to say the least and uh, and from them it uh, it was born an amazing friendship and uh, and trust between each other you know keep in mind that uh, the native americans are wounded people and uh, therefore yeah. they are very untrust I'm trusting the white men and we are all the white men for them. And so it takes a, a great deal of trust for them to trust uh, one of us and open up about their life, their traditions, et cetera. And, and so we started this beautiful journey. Uh, we had to interrupt through COVID because the reservation, the Native American reservation were closed to the white men for COVID. And they were severely impacted, some of them. Yes. Uh, they certainly need our attention. Uh, many of them do not have hospitals or uh, decent uh, conditions of living. Many of these reservations have uh, uh, no electricity, no current uh, water in, uh, in the uh, in water in the house. You know, they still wash and pray and do everything to the river, you know? So um, this is all magnificently beautiful in a poetical way, but it's also terrifically sad to know that in the middle of such a progressive, amazing country that United States is, 
there are these realities that desperately need our attention. What a journey. And as you said, when it's something meant to be, when you show up, when you open, everything will be led to you or, or, or showed the way. And I'm so glad you're highlighting that because uh, Native American, yes, um, environment that are in and how they're living and education and, and, and how they're actually segregated in the land that that cannot necessarily much be uh, nourished or something to really grow in terms of uh, culture, how they used to live Yes. Uh, before before we Europeans came and uh, and conquered so much of that, unfortunately, part of the history and not as bright legacy, right? But in the same time, I love how you building relationship and trust and shedding light where it is needed the most. Yes. And where we see the most biggest conflicts in the world, from Middle East to Native America and 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 everything. And right now we're having also major turmoil that is going on in Europe uh, and seeing all of those different dynamics that are happening. Yes. With that in mind, Valentina, what would you like to your legacy to be? What would you like to be known for? I mean, you already have living and leading that legacy. You're already known for so many things, but knowing just listening to you and there's undying passion, drive and desire. I know it's something bigger still yet to unfold. And do you mind sharing what is that? Well, I really do live the life that I want to live. Definitely, you know, I'm the captain of my boat in many sense, and with great, I say this with great humility because uh, uh, I'm certainly I'm learning every day. There is so much that uh, I haven't even started or or, or done, but uh, I would like to continue this way, and if nothing else, to give a sense of great positivity in a moment of extreme disruptor and fragility. I say there is so much we can still do, and. Uh, and I've, I've done it, I'm doing it, you know, in a moment where nobody was traveling, I travel the world. Of course, I'm very blessed to have two passports, so it's a little bit easier. But at the same time, it was available for many, you know, and rather than sinking in fear, uh, with all, of course, respecting all the rules and codes uh, and everything, but there is so much more what that we can do rather than sitting on the TV and listening to politics, news and, and stuff, there is so much more that we can do and, and become once we get out of the shell of fear that uh, is wrapping us uh, all over right now. You know, I do not believe in fear. I don't give in to fear, I give in to, to courage, to enthusiasm. I love this word, you know, it's an, an ancient Greek uh, word, the entheos, that means to be inhabited by the gods. And I love that, to think that, uh, yes. that uh, to have the gods with us, uh, you know, to have that spirit that inhabit us, to create with joy, with joy, because it is, again, from within. Enthusiast people think that comes from outside. Well, you are lucky, you live in Malibu. No, 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 it doesn't have anything to do with that. Enthusiasm, the word, it says to be inhabited. So to, it comes from within. Yes. And if you have it within, it will reflect uh, in part of our life. It will give us the courage, the enthusiasm, 
the, the drive uh, to see more, to open up uh, new, new journeys for us. So if there is nothing else that I would like to do is to keep the enthusiasm in my life, uh, to, to find joy in things rather than sinking in fear and, and, and uh, ideas of things that, you know, 1% of them really uh, happened. Of all the of all the things that that, uh, that the TV is uh, feeding us every day, so you know, and if nothing else, then if you do want to be active about some problems, then then uh, do something, go and do something. You know, I I became a global spokesperson for Joblio so that I was going to be active in uh, in a problematic that uh, uh, I felt it was very important in life. So rather than, again, you know, people right now stays uh, so connected with social media, TV, news, uh, uh, you know, and all of that without even mentioning the sagas that are going on. But rather than do that, do something either for that cause or for creativity, for yourself, for your family, for your kids, for what you love. Do for what you love, not do for what you hate, you know? So I think it's something very, very important nowadays to remember, to remember, yes. What a powerful advice and, and what a powerful forces that are continued to not only delight us and educate us and empower us, but also impact us and entertain. So with that in mind, I just want to say it was absolute pleasure to have you this time on the Legacy Leader Show, and we'll definitely have you back again as things progress. But for everyone that is eager to tap in, to, to learn what you already produced and, and where they can find some of your great work beside, obviously you said on Amazon, um, what, what other platform would you like them to go so they can- uh, Well, if they, they surf our web at www.queenstudiosentertainment.com, you will see the different films and where you can find them, but there is uh, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu has some of our work and more to come. Fantastic. We cannot wait to see all these releases, specifically the ones you've shared, these amazing, impactful stories, and also the ones that are yet to come, uh, that you are still seeing the vision, and we cannot see when they come to fruition. Thank we you, my dear Isabella, and I look forward to be with you again. And uh, let's uh, just onward with courage, with enthusiasm, with creativity, and so on. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.